Hello, and welcome to the Ready, Set, Click podcast. My name is Paul Kahn, and today we're going to be talking about art. Joining us today is Erica Figliola, uh, an artist and creator. Welcome, Erica. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. We're excited to have you. And Charlotte Skembry, who works as a marketing coordinator and social media director at Wexel Art. Um, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. We are all super excited because we love art, and we want to talk about uh, art and how art is utilized in our lives, but also how Wexel is using social media to help get art out to everyone in the world. So what I'd love to talk first about, Charlotte, is sort of what is the story behind Wexel Art? How did it get started and, and all of that? Yeah, so the founder of Wexel Art, Natasha McRean, uh, was having trouble finding some frames that would highlight her kids' artwork. And she tried going to a whole bunch of local framers. They didn't have what she was looking for. So she decided, well, I got to design a frame myself. So she decided to get a single uh, panel of acrylic, some magnets, some hardware to install it to the wall. And then she could easily swap out her kids' art whenever they make new pieces with the magnets. Okay, you are actually... a. Uh a partner and a creator with uh, Wexel Art. Can you talk about how that uh, got started? Yeah, absolutely. So I started my brand behind the matches because of a need for searching through my collection of matches and pens and tiny treasures during the pandemic where no one was traveling and no one was going out to eat and we're home like longing for these experiences. And I was inspired by my empty wall to start putting it all together and create an art piece for myself. And what better way to showcase my journey and my story through all these places that I've been and hang it up on my wall. So it started off there. And after a quick post on TikTok, things kind of blew up and I started getting orders and I wanted a really beautiful way to be able to offer clients to be able to showcase the artwork I was giving them. So I was inspired by what I was seeing online. I was seeing, you know, traditional framing and I came across Wexel because I was looking for something modern, interchangeable. And I really aligned with their mission of just providing something that's beautiful. It's sleek. It's a beautiful way to really just see what's presented in the shadow boxes. And it's interchangeable and like our journeys and like our stories, they're constantly changing. And I wanted to be able to provide that option for people. Um, and that's what started our working relationship. And it's been a beautiful one. Now, um, we were talking earlier and you said that you uh, posted this on TikTok. Can you explain to everyone why you chose to post uh, that piece on TikTok? Sure. So I gravitated toward TikTok because I felt that it's, my Instagram was all people that already knew me. And I wasn't an artist by any means beforehand. And TikTok felt like a safe place. And I knew it could reach a lot of different people outside of my own network. So I gravitated towards that. And my first post went viral. And I loved seeing the influx of people that either were collectors or just aligned with the messaging about collecting things that were meaningful and bringing them to life in your own home. Um, and that's how it evolved. Okay. And yeah, so as, as we're all noticing, TikTok is the, it's the, it can be the lightning bolt in a certain sense, right? So sometimes there's creators who are out there, they're on TikTok, there's not much, not much. And then boom, 
And then, uh, so that virality is definitely a piece of the TikTok puzzle. Um, so can you tell us how you actually got connected with Wexel? Charlotte and I were introduced and we had a call. And from that call, we set up a partnership and we just continue to keep collaborating. We've, I visited them in Austin. They've invited me to events and it's just been a really beautiful working relationship. So this is something that we actually hear quite a bit from the people that we work with. The best ambassadors for the brand are people who love the product. Right. Um, is it, has that been your experience, Charlotte? Yep. Because they know how to use the product if they love the product and um, if we're looking for specific content too, mm -hmm. I have a vision in my head and sometimes it's hard to relate that vision to content creators who aren't in love with the product because they don't know how to specifically use the product. But Erica, every time she sent content, it looks great. I don't have to tell her like how to adjust an image or how to edit it because she uses the product all the time. And so Beyond that, do you then try to find other people who already know about Wexel to be your ambassadors? Yeah, so we reach out to our artists and designers that buy our products, and we ask them, hey, do you want to collaborate with us on Instagram or social media? And they they love it. They love the idea because it's a collaboration between two businesses, mm -hmm. and um, everyone gets excited to create fun content. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the key, right? Like, if we're talking about art, if we're talking about creativity, you need to let that creativity flow. But I think it, what you're talking about is really important. You need people who also understand what the product can do. Because mm -hmm. you can be as creative as you want, <laughs> yeah. and but if it doesn't uh, sync with the product, it's not all that useful for you as a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was this one artist that we collaborated with. She used our shadow box in a completely different way mm -hmm. that we never envisioned. So usually most people put canvases in our shadow boxes, but she put her like poster in the shadow box instead and laid it out on the front panel instead of letting her art sit on the canvas. Okay. And I thought that was such a unique way to frame her art. Oh, so the whole team got excited. We, we were all mind blown. We're like, what? She put the poster on the front <laughs> panel and not like on the canvas? Super creative. How are you going about identifying those customers who are already, who are using your product already? So if I see them posting our product a lot on Instagram, I'll reach out to them. And usually I start off with, hey, I saw you create like a, a post about our product. Can we reshare it on our Instagram? Mm -hmm. So I like to ask their permission first to sure. post a photo, reshare it, you know, use it on our website because uh, that's really important. And we give the artist or designer credit too on the website so mm -hmm. people know, oh, it's this designer. They know how to use a Wexel product. Maybe I'll reach out to them. Um, and then after that, if we really like the content they created, we'll want to reach out to them and create like unique content through us. Mm -hmm. So we'll send them a product or if they already have like a design project they're working on with a Wexel product, they'll just say, oh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll create this content for you and then we'll make you a collaborator of the post. Okay. And Erica, from your perspective as that collaborator, what goes through your head 
when you get that uh, request or, or that thought? Like, what do you, how do you tend to think about it? I think since it came so organically and I was doing this almost every day at the time, putting the artwork together, reaching out to Wexel, placing these big orders and became so familiar with the company. It happened so naturally that I truly just filmed <laughs> what I was doing on the day to day. And that's what we created for the collaboration. And I think when it comes that easily, there's no, you know, there's no, there, it eliminates all that back and forth. It eliminates like questioning if this is the right partnership. So I think when it happens organically, that's the way to go. Right. And so, you know, if you're giving advice to other people who are social media directors and marketing coordinators and about ways to work with creators, is that like thought number one, best practice, work with people who already love what you're doing? Yes, because I've reached out to multiple artists, creators, and it's taken them either weeks or months to reply back to your email. And then there's a whole bunch of negotiating and then choosing a product because they're not familiar with it. Mm -hmm. So I have to explain to them what each of our product categories are, how they work. Mm -hmm. But if I work with somebody who already knows the company, who already knows how to use the product, then that collaboration goes a lot quicker. So if you're wanting to post content on a certain timeline, mm -hmm. working with somebody that you've already worked with or uses your product is the best way to go. And, you know, fundamentally, Wexel is looking to drive sales mm -hmm. through these collaborations. Obviously, create great collaborations, great artwork for people to pay attention to. But when you're looking at driving sales, you want to pay attention to your return on investment. And your time is a big investment yes. within that as well. And sometimes I think people don't think about the time and energy that has to go into coordinating these things, working on them, talking to people, negotiating, as you were mentioning. Right um, Now, you all, are, at Wexel, you're built on Shopify as your um, content management yes. system. Is that correct? And do you do any sort of tracking based on the the posts that the artists are putting out there? Yeah, so we give each uh, creator their own unique discount code. So whenever somebody you know checks out with that unique discount code, we know that that purchaser came from that influencer. And sometimes influencers choose to uh, have a flat rate payment for mm -hmm. content that they create or they want a 10% commission on sales. So if they do choose the 10% commission on sales, having that unique discount code tracked is important because mm -hmm. then we can pay them. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty important piece of the <laughs> yeah. puzzle is making sure that everybody gets paid. And, you know, we, we do hear from a lot of brands there are brands like yourself where it's both. Uh, some brands are like uh, only doing flat payments uh, and some brands are only doing commissions. Um, we really like to encourage brands to think uh, on both sides because you have some smaller creators who are very happy just to get their foot in the door, get the exposure and the commission is great for them. Uh, and then some of the larger creators are going to require that upfront payment. If you're, you know, if you have millions of followers, uh, it's harder to get 
people to just go for a commission? Yeah, that's interesting because I've had a mix. Uh So some of the larger followers chose to have 10% commission. Well, because they believed in their ability to drive sales. Yes. And it's really worked out for them. (laughs) Um, So, all right. If you are a large uh, creator and you're listening to this, when someone offers you a commission, maybe you should take it. Yeah. Um, Because they take the time to put your product on their website, on their mm -hmm. like link and bio links and put your their unique discount code out there and if they take you know put in the effort to do that marketing for you they're going to get that investment back well and that's how you have that true collaboration right so that everybody's has incentives in the in the similar direction um well, that's great. And so you, and where are you tracking those sales in Shopify? In Shopify and through Upfluence as well. So because they're connected, I can see it on both ends. So we've talked about the the sales element, what you need to do to make sure that you're tracking the sales and commissions and different ways of paying influencers. Um, but you all at Wexel do something else, which is really interesting, which is you'll actually partner with people to sell their artwork mm-hmm. for them. Um, in a different way. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so we have a lot of call for arts throughout the year uh, because we have a big retailer. Yeah, so we reach out through uh, like email marketing, text marketing, social media, and we ask our followers, if you're interested, submit your art to us. Can I ask a question? Who are you using for email marketing? Klaviyo. You're using Klaviyo. As everyone... I'm not sure if everyone knows, but Clavio works really well with Shopify. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's sort of uh, built to work with that. And then, so you're sending all of that out. How many submissions, if you don't mind my asking, <laughs> might you get in a in a given call for art? Probably over 100. Over 100 different submissions. And yeah. then how many people get chosen? Probably like 20 or less. How do you make the choice as to which artwork you want to move forward with potentially? Yeah, so the co-founders of Wexel, Natasha and Morgan, try to figure out what's trending out there. So throughout the year, we go through like the other art fair or BDNY. At our trade shows, we like to meet artists. Mm -hmm. And if we see like a certain art style trending, in the call for art, we'll specifically ask for like a style. So what was, if you don't mind my asking, what was the last call for art? Um, graffiti is trending a lot right graffiti. now. Graffiti? Yeah. Okay. Graffiti. Uh, it's doing really well. Okay. Yeah. We like hip stuff too. Um, <laughs> um, and we like to embellish a lot of the art as well. Add 3D elements to it. It makes it more exciting. So uh, after that, I put a pitch together of all the chosen artwork that they go through. Um, it could take about like a week to go through all of the submissions, mm-hmm. choose our favorite art pieces. Uh, before we put it in the pitch, though, we like to make sure that the artist has the high-res file yeah, before submitting because we don't want to disappoint our customer if we can't give them the piece that they chose because the artist didn't have the high res file ahead of time. So we put the pitch together, then the client chooses their favorite art pieces. Um, so that's kind of like the first round of like edits, essentially. And then um, I guess they put their budget together. They choose which pieces um, they want a clear shadow box with or a rainbow or neon shadow box. They choose which pieces they want embellishments on. Mm-hmm. 
And um, once they do that, then we go through the final round of art. We let the artists know, and then we send them a, a contract. Okay, so let's let's talk about this right here because I think this is really interesting. Um, especially, you know, everyone's really thinking about artist rights right now. Um, and, you know, especially with AI coming in, there's a whole big backlash on, on that, which we don't have to talk about right now. But Erica, when you're in a position um, where someone wants to use your artwork in a different um, venue or a different way, what are the thoughts that go through your head as an artist as you're thinking about, you know, sort of giving this thing you created over to a brand? I think there are some nerves there and it's just about being credited. I think that there are so many different creators out there and there's room for everyone. And a lot of people are doing matchbook art or other forms of art, but it's about being credited and just like communication. And that's what's really important to me. And making sure that, but I think it's also important from the brand's perspective that they're very open and honest with you about where yeah. and how that artwork is going to be used, right? Definitely, yeah. Okay. All right. So mm -hmm. when you're thinking about taking that artwork and either reusing it in a different social media realm or for production, it's not a very simple process of contracting, is no. it? No. Yeah, so we have different contracts for the production aspect and the social media, but we hire an art lawyer. You so have an right, art lawyer. Yeah, we have to because we're mass-producing art um, for a national retailer. So we have to cover our butts and theirs and the artists. So we, we don't want to, you know, do anything wrong um, so the art lawyer drafts up the contract. We send it to the artist if they have any questions. Uh, the co-founder, Natasha, is familiar with the contract, so she'll answer the questions, make them feel comfortable with the mm -hmm. contract, because reading something like that can be really overwhelming for artists. They're not lawyers. They don't understand the verbiage, so sometimes we have to explain it in layman's terms. Mm -hmm. um, and then... They always ask, how are we going to get paid? Of course. Uh, because we're mass producing the art. Every time we make a sale, they're like, what what percent commission am I making if I give you the rights to my art? And we're paying 15% commission, which is the, one of the highest in that industry. So uh, the artists get really excited about that because they don't have to make all these art pieces. Mm -hmm. We're doing all the work for them and they just send their art file to us, and they're still getting the recognition nationally. Um, and from your perspective, Charlotte, how are you seeing, um, as Wexel is growing, as you have more and more uh, artists that you're working with, how are you seeing those brand uh, and brand collaborations growing and changing over time? That's a great question. So like Erica said, Wexel Art loves listening to our artists and designers because they always have new ideas. So whenever they're creating a project and you know they see the potential that our product has, they'll ask, hey, have you ever thought about doing this with your product? And we think it's like a million dollar idea. And that's what happened. We started with single panel frames mm -hmm. and then an artist said, what if I want something a little bit more permanent? We created our double panel frame. 
So, it, you know, you don't have to use magnets to switch out the art. You just squish your art between two panels. And then an artist said, hey, I have to customize shadow boxes all the time and it's an expense. Is there any way you guys could create shadow boxes? So now we mass produce shadow boxes and it's at a, an affordable price for artists. They can get them at industry pricing or wholesale pricing depending on what account they have with us. And then another artist said, what if I want to put my art in a tray, like an acrylic tray? Is there any way we could do that? So we just developed our changeable tray where you can put your art or photos in and switch it out easily. So all of our followers give us great feedback. And how are you managing? I know you have to manage all of the, the following. So are you using tools for that or are you just on Instagram all the time? I'm on Instagram all the time. I'm seeing like our creators post. Sometimes they DM us. Sometimes they tag us like on an Instagram story. Sometimes they'll reach out to us personally through email and mm -hmm. pitch an idea to us. Or if they know, you know, Natasha or Morgan personally, they'll let them know their ideas. And that's a great thing about Wexel Art too. Like even the employees, when we think of an idea, we pitch it to our bosses. And then it goes into development. And it's at like really a creative space. And we like to kind of put that on social media too. I'm just curious what you think is going to happen in the world of art uh, as we're in, you know, it's 2024. Um, how is art changing? Art has been changing for millennia, of course, but like how do you see the art world moving and changing um, at this point? So I think something that I'm seeing is really interesting is people want to be interacting with artists. And I think people have this really interesting curiosity to learn themselves. I started painting the other day, something I've never done before. And I created something beautiful. And it was because I was so just in my element and letting myself be free in a space that wasn't being judged. There was no one around me. It felt really safe. Um, and I created something awesome. So I think if creators, artists are able to create a safe, fun place for their followers or people who are interested um, and do it alongside them, I think that could be a really beautiful way to evolve a brand. Okay. So um, if I could put that into an extremely like uh, overly concise idea, but you're basically talking about art as a binder of community and yeah. and, a, and a way to grow. So I think a big thing is don't skip out on what your followers are telling you and mm. don't skip out on creating like a sense of community. Uh, what about you, Charlotte? Um, a lot of people talk about AI art and how that scares them because artists, you know, you don't want to rip off an artist or their art, but it's super easy to create art online through AI. You just tell what you want to see and it whips something up for you. So a lot of people get scared, mm -hmm. especially artists. Like, am I going to go out of business because AI art is taking over? But I think people want that, that unique touch, that hand-made like art piece because they can connect to it easier. And what Erica said earlier about how 
more people are wanting to make their own art and they're they're curious i think like our product ties in with that too because we want people to frame their own art in an easy way mm-hmm. and our product delivers that where do you see social media moving mm-hmm. as it ties in with that like everything that we're talking about social media is becoming more spread out in a sense um, it's becoming less homogenized. How do you think that affects art and artwork? Mm-hmm. Well, I know more people are looking for genuine like product reviews online because now that you know social media influencer marketing is getting more saturated. So now when you're going on Instagram, I personally see so many ads like of influencers posting things. How do I know that they're being genuine about that product? I think that's what's going to change social media is creating those genuine bonds and collaborations with products. Like when I see an influencer post about a product, I want them to like actually use the product, enjoy the product. But sometimes it's hard to know whether it's real or if it's mm-hmm. fake and like, are they getting paid to do this or did they reach out to the brand personally because they use that product every day? Mm-hmm. I think that's, what's going to change mm-hmm. on social okay. media. And Erica, what about for you? I think I can share what I personally relate to when as a social media consumer and it's people being like true and being their true selves and being transparent and being authentic and this idea that life is not glamorous like life is hard and sometimes we get into creative ruts and we deal with mental health and all types of issues that every single person is dealing with and that's the reality of the world. And I think being able to relate to people, Mm -hmm. those are the people who are going to level up in 2024 because they're leveling up for themselves. And when you put yourself first in what you're creating or what you're going through or just your day to day, I really think people relate well to that. And those people stand out in my opinion. Yeah, and I love seeing our partnered artist process, too, of making their art because they'll share about that on Instagram. And sometimes they'll even share about the story behind a piece of art. And I love hearing that. Mm -hmm. And once I see them talk about the art, I want to relay that back to the product listing online. Like people, when personally, when I see art, I like to connect with it. Mm -hmm. And so when I create the product listing online, I want someone to go on there, read what the art piece is about and connect with it. So that's Mm -hmm. what I do on Instagram. I see what the artists are doing with that art. And I want to put their words back into the product so that when someone's shopping, maybe they can relate to what that artist is going through and then they have that connection with that piece of art. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's hugely important. Yeah. Um, I, I know when I'm at the museum, you know, I might not know what Rene Magritte was thinking or, or something like that, but if I can see a little understanding of it from someone who knows more than I do, mm-hmm. it can help me say, oh, I like that, mm-hmm. or I connect with that, yeah. or I don't know why I picked Magritte. I think it was his birthday a couple days ago. <laughs> um, well, I want to thank you both so much for joining us today. And um, 
So Erica, if people want to find your art, where should they look? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, or my website, Behind the Matches. Behind the Matches, okay. And that's all one word? Yes, one word. Okay. And Charlotte, if we have any wonderful artists who are here today who want to reach out to you or anyone who wants to know more about um, what you're working on, what's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, so check us out on wexelart.com. We have a specific collection called Partnered Artists on our website. And then you can reach out to us at info at wexelart.com or send us a direct message on Instagram, wexelart. Okay, well, thank you both so much for being here. And uh, everyone have a great day. All right, Thank thank you.